0: Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one hour. Just me. Just me. All alone. All alone. All alone. I am all alone. Did you ever hear that song? Frank Sinatra? It's called All Alone. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, here we are. Today, back. Doing another episode. Uh, talking Today. Well, you know what? I'll tell you in a second what we're talking about. I'm going to do what everybody else does on their podcast. I'm going to do plugs at the beginning, uh, just in case you get bored halfway through this thing and turn it off. Uh, Plugs, upcoming gigs. We got the uh, Just for Laughs Festival there in Toronto in September. You can uh, find dates at joderosacomedy.com. Uh, for that or you can go to the JFL website very excited uh, October going to be in uh, Helium in Philadelphia and then uh, and then there's other stuff after that so why don't, oh oh uh, I will be also at the uh, at the uh, Chameleon uh, club in the Lizard Lounge uh, in October as well uh, again check com for those specific Uh, You can buy tickets there, I believe, too. Um, You can also uh, listen to this podcast on that website. uh, Or you can listen to this podcast on iTunes uh, or Stitcher. And if you do listen to it on iTunes, leave us a review. Would you please? Leave a review. Put five stars up. Or one or four. Whatever, however you feel about it. Just leave a damn review. For Christ's sakes. Well, that's a rating. The stars are a rating. You know what I mean or or to leave a rating and a review, and or, I don't know, just subscribe to the damn thing. I, I can't ask any more for me, people. I'm trying. I'm trying my best, okay? Anyway, here we are today. Oh, and the new album. One last plug, sorry. September 2nd, Mistakes Were Made, The B-Sides, double CD of random stuff uh, that didn't make uh, the, any of the other albums uh, recorded over the last seven years, different venues, different times. Uh, available for pre- pre-order now on iTunes, uh, and then, uh, it'll be released digitally on September 2nd, so I'm excited about that. Ah, let's get to the show. Uh, today we are talking about sobriety, sobriety. We did an issue, uh, we did an episode of the show where we talked about drinking and drugs, and now we're going to do an episode where we talk about Sobriety, why are we doing this? Well, this is sort of an unofficial part two to the health episode. Guess who got his test results? Guess who can't do anything fun anymore? Uh, I got my test results. If you listen to the health one, we did, um, I was talking about on there how on my birthday I had to go take a, a battery of tests. That's the only time in my life I've ever been able to use that phrase. I had to go in for a battery of tests uh, I had to get a stress test. Why? Because I was having heart pain or chest pain while I was jogging. Uh, I had to get an ultrasound. Why? Because uh, my liver, uh, about six months ago, uh, I had an ultrasound done on, done on it, and it, and there was some fat in the liver. So we had to get that checked again. And then I had to do blood work and urine work uh, to, to check cholesterol and uh, you know, your liver levels and all that stuff. Now, I can tell you this. I have not yet received the results of the blood work yet. But I have received the results of the stress test and the ultrasound. Stress test is fine. Uh, Heart seems to be working properly. I've had two EKGs and a stress test. So whatever chest pain is happening while I'm jogging is some kind of phantom thing. Uh, And I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'll figure it out one day. It's probably really weakness over anything else. Uh, The other thing was the ultrasound on the liver. Guess who's still got fat in his liver? Me. That's who. Still got fat in the liver. Doctor's like, look, you got to do a drastic overhaul here. You're going to have to really change your diet. And, uh, and, you know, you probably shouldn't drink. Now, don't get me wrong, people. I'm not giving up just yet. I'm going to go see a nutritionist and, and find out if I am allowed to drink at all or never, or once in a while, or whatever. You know, here's what I came to the other night. This is the conclusion I came to. If I could drink, if they said once a month you could get shit-faced, I, I, I could live with that. I could live with that. Once a month, I would, just, I would just invite everybody I know out to a bar, and we would have a wild night, and then I'd be like, okay, I'll see you guys next month. Kind of like having your own birthday party every month. I, I think I could live with that. Here's what frightens me, though, about myself: that anytime somebody says to me, uh, "You might need to cut alcohol out of your life completely," uh, there's a panic that it, that that sets in. That can't be good. That can't be good. Now, I've never fancied myself an alcoholic. Uh, if any of you have ever heard my first, very first comedy album. The Depression auction uh, the, the beginning of that album I talk about how I'd quit drinking and how I thought I was an alcoholic uh, and I, at the time I did uh, to be honest but since then I've learned and researched and, and and got into quite a bit of information about drinking about alcoholism about alcohol abuse uh, and about yeah and also just gotten to know more people that have had uh, drinking issues of different kinds and substance issues of different kinds. Here's the primary thing I've learned. There is a very, very, very big difference between an alcohol abuser and an alcoholic. That's the major difference. Uh, Or, or excuse me, those are the two categories uh, of of hard drinkers that there is a major difference between. Uh, And from what I can tell, there are people... That abuse alcohol because of some underlying reason, which, uh, you know, could be that's the way they choose to celebrate. It could be that they are trying to escape some sort of, you know, thought pattern that they find unpleasant. It could be that they are lonely. And from what I can determine with people like that in those situations, eventually it would stop because you'd work the things out on the other party in the other part of your life that weren't working for you whatever and then you just go oh you know I just don't feel like drinking as much then there are alcoholics which are people that are truly truly uh addicted um well I, I don't even know if it's an addiction i mean it's it's more of a problem with the way your body processes uh i guess it's ethanol which uh, you know i've heard People like Robin Williams and, and George Carlin talk about, uh, you know, like with, with, when it came to addiction issues. Carlin talked about it with his, I think his father, and I heard Robin Williams talk about it with himself. And they, they bring up the term of like, or the concept of not, not being able to process ethanol properly or whatever, uh, or not being able to metabolize it properly or whatever. So, um, uh, Again, I don't know if it's so much addiction or or more so that it's your body doesn't deal with this element of alcohol properly and then therefore you keep drinking it because the trigger in your body isn't saying like, hey, man, you're going to get sick. Uh, or you're going to pass out, or you need to eat something, or whatever. Their body doesn't process this properly, so they just keep going, keep going, keep going. Next thing you know, now you're in blackout zone. Now you don't even know what you're doing, and your body has no shutoff uh, until it hits the point of being poisoned or being so drunk that you're like falling over or whatever. Most alcoholics I have ever met in my life share that common trait, And it's the blackout trait. It is we drink and drink and drink until we blackout. And then we keep drinking some more and some more and some more after that. And then we fall over and pass out. And I woke up and I was in a stranger's bed. I don't know how I got there. Or uh, I was in a warehouse and I was covered in blood or, or, you know, uh, shit like that. I woke up and I was on a plane to Bermuda. Some girl told me that the other night. Uh, I was talking to a girl and she said, she said that she used to party and once she woke up and she was on a plane to France and she didn't know how she got there. Um, I never fell into that sort of behavior with alcohol. I always fancied myself an abuser. Why? Because my body does have a shut-off switch. My body does hit a point where it says, I can't uh, drink anymore right now. I need to eat. I don't feel well. I'm going to get sick. I don't black out ever. I get a little blurry sometimes. Of course you do. You're you're you're, you know, jogging your brain. It's like you're going to get a little blurry. But I've never fully blacked out. I've never ever had an a, a morning where they said last night, you know, you did this this and this between the hours of 12 and 2 and I didn't remember it. Um and quite frankly, this is the other thing, too. Now, this is where maybe I'm wrong about the, the uh, when I said I don't know if it's an addiction or if it's just a processing issue. Um, a, a, a alcoholic friends of mine that are now sober have come to my house, and I've said to them, you know, sometimes I worry maybe I might be an alcoholic, I don't know. And they say, you're not. You have a cart filled with booze sitting there, and you don't touch it. And they go, when do you drink that stuff? And I go, you know, if I have people over, it's for entertaining. And they go, do you drink it alone? And I go, no. And they go, I literally couldn't have that in my house without drinking it. It couldn't be there. I would have to drink it. So, you know, I don't know. I've just never had that problem. Like, uh, But here is the problem. When I do drink, I turn it on, man. I really go after it. I really go after it when I do drink. You know, I don't drink. I mean, I'm not saying I've never had a night where I, I have a glass of wine with dinner and that's it, or, or you know, or, or I have a beer and that's fine. I've, yeah, I have nights like that and, I'm, and it's fine. I'm able to do that, um, which again means to me that I'm not an alcoholic. Uh, but the nights where I decide tonight is a drinking night Holy Jesus Christ almighty i I go after it because I don't see the point in a few and if you're gonna do it to me it's like you know it's like if you eat like fast food for lunch what are you gonna then eat salad for dinner come on man you're off the rails for the day go get some fucking ribs and fried chicken or whatever for dinner you it's done the day's over it's done you did it already that's how I look at booze you're gonna have three drinks you might as well have 10. Because you—that's you, it. That's the end of it. That's, you're you you know you're off the tracks. Go for it. And I also, you know, a, a problem for me is I, I handle my alcohol very well. I don't say that to brag. I, I, I or pat myself. I just handle it very, very well. I don't get into fights. I don't yell at people. I don't get angry. I don't get particularly particularly loud. I, I get particularly, I've always had a hard time saying that word. See, I can't even, particularly, I can't say it. (laughs) I can't say it. Particularly, particularly. All right. One of those was right. Anyway, um, I don't get loud. (laughs) I say the sentence again without saying the word now. I I did like an Elmer Fudd, or no, Porky Pig, I mean. uh. You know, I don't get loud and I don't get, uh, I, don't, I don't go inward and get sad. I just, I just, I, I, I'm talkative, I'm conversational, I have fun. I'd like to think that I'm more much more charming when I'm drinking than when I'm not. Um, I'm much more engaged in conversation. And, I mean, I had a birthday party a couple weeks ago and 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 before anybody wants to laugh that I had a birthday party, it relax all right i didn't have everybody meet me at a pizza restaurant and we wore hats and a you know a guy in a mouse outfit came up. I told all my friends if you're around, come to this dive bar and we'll get shit faced on saturday that that's what my birthday party was uh anyway that's what I always do it's fun it's a fucking blast so um but at around one in the morning, I'd been there since nine. Around one in the morning, uh, a couple of my friends said, "Jesus, are you even drunk?" And I said, are you, "Are you nuts? I'm fucking sideways right now." And they were like, "You you carry it very well. We can't tell." And I've had people tell me that my whole life that they can't tell when I'm drunk, which I love. I love, I'm weirdly proud of that. I'm strangely proud of that. You know, why stop doing something if you do it well? I'm good at it, goddammit. I'm good at it. It's one of the few things I can say I was, I'm good at in this life. I'm good at drinking. I know how to do it. And I know how to make the most out of it. And I know how to have fun with it. it ugh, anyway. But I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I don't think I'm an alcoholic. All of that being said, I think I'm an alcohol abuser. I think I like to go out on a night and get stupid uh, one or two nights a week. I like to go out and get stupid. I like to tune it out. I don't understand when people say things like, you know, they'll go, well, alcohol doesn't, alcohol isn't fun. You're not having fun. You're just making a boring situation seem fun. It's like, oh, well, I don't care what it is. Okay, fine. the 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 point of it isn't. I'm in a boring situa- situation. I need to make this more fun right now. The point of it is, I'm getting checked out. I don't understand when people say criticize alcohol for that. They go, they go, oh, you know, it's just checking out. It's just getting being absent. It's like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm doing it. I want to be able to check out sometimes. I don't want to be tuned into this all the time. I just don't. I just don't. I don't. I, I. I don't quite get it. Like, and I've said this in my act before, but I was. I don't understand people that look at this world and go, eh, "Don't need to fog that up at all. Looks good to me." You know, I'm not saying all the time. I'm not saying every day. I'm not saying like I'm going to pull a Jack Kerouac who was quoted as saying. I'm Catholic, so I can't commit suicide, but I do plan on drinking myself to death. That is a Jack Kerouac quote, as far as I know. At least according to Wikipedia, it is. Um, I just watched a documentary about that guy last night. He is—he was hardcore, man. He was hardcore. He died from... Oh, did you hear that? Sorry, my throat just made a little weird noise. I don't know if that picked up on the other end or not, but a little weird noise. Anyway. He died from internal bleeding from drinking so much uh, because I think his stomach hemorrhaged, like exploded or something. It's craziness. Anyway, uh, you know, I don't go after it like that, for God's sakes. But my point is, my point is, my point is, I've lost my point. I rambled off into the Jack Kerouac thing, and now I can't remember what the fuck I was saying. God damn it, where was I with that? Uh whatever. I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I think I'm an alcohol abuser. I think I'm an abuser. Why? Because I remember the point I like to get checked out. I like to get tuned out. I like to get a little dumb sometimes. It's fun to get dumb. It's fun. It's fun. I, it's also great to be alert and connected and in it and, and aware, yes. But it's fun to get dumb sometimes. So I don't know. That's just where I stand with it. And, and I've always thought of myself as one of the abusers and not the licks. I'm not one of the licks. I'm one of the abusers. Not one of the licks. The abu- I like that. That's a good... That'd make a good t-shirt if there was like a different group... A meeting group you could go to that wasn't AA and it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, like where's alcohol abusers meeting? There probably is a fucking meeting for that. It's a fucking meeting for everything anymore. I don't know. Maybe, look, maybe alcohol abuse isn't alcohol abuse. Maybe it is just another form of alcoholism. See, this is the tough thing with alcoholism. There aren't levels of it. There aren't categories. I think there could be different categories and different levels of addiction. They kind of clump everybody together all at once, you know? And so who knows? Uh, Maybe I am in some way. That's why I started out by saying... You know, the, the thing is, even though I identify as an alcohol abuser, um, is it bad when somebody says to me, you might not be able to drink anymore? And I, I honestly, I feel a panic. Then I go, Jesus, am I an alcoholic? Is that bad? At the end of the day, I probably think no. Uh, you know, I think it's like somebody saying, you can't ever eat cake again, or you can't go into, to amusement parks anymore, Wait, okay, you know. It's a fun thing where you're like, well, well wait, well, what do I go? Come on, man. And it's also just part of life. It's a very, very big social part of life. I got to admit, most sober people I know are in relationships uh, where they smoke a lot of pot. One or the other, or both. I know very, very, very few. I don't know if I know any sober people that are just out there. Night after night, being a single person, hanging out in bars without drinking. Because there's nowhere else to hang out at night, people. You hang out in a bar. All right? Unless you and your sober friends have some, like, clubhouse you can go to. (laughs) I think you do. It's called AA. (laughs) Uh, No, unless you guys have some, you know, sobriety clubhouse to go to. I mean, I don't know anywhere where sober people socialize. In groups, you know, like I know they have AA mixers and stuff. Any, I don't know anywhere adults socialize, but then bars. That's it. That's where our adults go and hang out, and it's real tough. It's real tough to go in that environment if you're not drinking. It's really tough. At least for me, it is. I know people that do it, and like, you know, but those people again are are, are in relationships. So I, I think what I'm getting at is I think sobriety is easy if you have. another person at home I think then it would be easy you know cause then you have somebody you go you watch movies it's not sad you know you're not just sitting there alone like ah not allowed to drink guess I'll watch Golden Girls season 4 again by myself (laughs) maybe I'll meet somebody like this no you won't Uh, anyway I think there should be different levels of addiction. I think addiction could be defi- it's it, it's too all or nothing. It's too like you know, the, 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 the we we all have the same disease. We don't. Look, okay. Some of you uh uh will recognize alcoholism or drug addiction as a disease. Some of you will say that's bullshit. It's not a disease. It's an affliction and there and those are two different things. But For the sake of this, let's say it is a disease. Let's say it is a disease. And let's say it's a specific disease. Okay, let's say alcohol is cancer. Or let's parallel it to cancer. All cancer isn't the same. You don't treat all cancer the same at all. You don't treat lung cancer the way you treat breast cancer, the way you treat prostate cancer, the way you treat melanoma. As a matter of fact, some of those are treated with with a much higher, much, much, much more intense and severe approach than others, okay? A black spot on the back of your hand is not going to be handled with the severity uh, uh, as stage four breast cancer. It just isn't. Even if you want to talk about breast cancer versus breast cancer, uh, depending on the stage uh, that they catch it at, you. you it's going to be treated entirely different. Sometimes a mastectomy is necessary. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes a mastectomy is, is a good idea, but then they don't need to do radiation afterwards. Uh, sometimes they just do radiation. It's all very different. So, if alcoholism is a disease, why are we treating it all the same, all with the same treatment, which is... I can never have it ever. I am under the, the, the suppressive rule, or oppressive, excuse me, rule of this substance. Uh, I am within its grasp. I am powerless to it. I cannot control it. It's not true of everybody. And I went in that period that I talked about when I was doing my first album where I thought I, I might have an addiction issue. I went to meetings, and were there people in meetings that I related to? Yeah, and those were people that had similar stories to me, which were you know um you know uh, I never really uh, you know found myself uh, you know lying in a, in a, in, a in, in, in a gutter somewhere or or losing my house or losing my family, but you know sometimes I drink too much and I'd like to stop or whatever. Those people were very few in the meetings. Uh, Most of the people in the meetings had very extreme, extreme stories. You know, uh, I relapsed and I had two glasses of wine and thought I could handle it. The next thing you know, I was living on my living room floor, drinking a gallon of vodka every day. You know, these were the average story. But I remember one night uh, after a meeting, a kid coming up to me, and he was a nice kid and he meant well. And he said to me, uh, hey, I, I know you're new, and, and I know you think uh, you, might, you may or may not have an issue. Um, you know, I, I, I want you to know, though, that, that no issue is too small, and, and you need to decide when, when you have the problem. And, I, and let me tell you how quickly it can spiral out of control. I thought I didn't have an alcohol problem, and next thing you know, I was selling my body on the street for heroin. And I was like, yeah, that's never going to happen to me. And I don't say that arrogantly or dismissively or callously to any of you that may have sold your body for heroin. I realize that's a place of desperation that people get to, but I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to sell my body for heroin. I don't even want to try heroin. I have no interest in it. And I've done the other gateway drugs. I don't want to try heroin. I'm not into it. And I was kind of trying to tell the kid, like, yeah, man, look, I appreciate your story, but, like, I'm not really there. And and he's like, oh, well, you can be. You can be. It's like, no, no, dude, I can't be. I'm not that dude. That's not my personality. That's not where I'm going to end up, man. Oh, you'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, dude. I'm just not gonna end up there, man. It's like it's just not it's not who I am. It's it's just not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. So why why then is the kid who was selling his body for heroin getting the same treatment for his disease that I'm getting for mine? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. You don't radiate a cold, okay? You just don't. You radiate an aggressive cancer. I don't think I have an addiction. That's what I'm getting at, people. (laughs) This whole thing is just me defensively trying to say I'm not addicted. I'm fine. I can stop at any time. I don't have a problem. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess AA does help, you know, people. I don't want to... That's another thing. I'm not trying to openly shit on AA. Um, You know, I think it does help people, even if it is sort of a come one, come all thing. I think some people need to get there. I just... I hate the people, though, in in AA, and I I saw some of these people, that use their stories uh, like you know you do okay if you've never been to a meeting you get up and you share with the group it's called a share you don't have to but you can um so you you get three minutes or whatever it is and you you stand up and hi my name is joe i'm an alcoholic and and here's what i'm going through that i've got this many days sober and it's actually very sweet because like you say your sobriety days and they they'll clap and it's very nice. And if you, you know, if, if you have, like, there's, like, landmark days. Like, there's, like, the 30-day chip, the 60-day chip, the 90-day chip. When you hit those days, like, they're, like, the, you know, those sort of landmark days. They really cheer. And it's very sweet at times. Um, but, like, then people, like, will get up and say things like, you know, like, I just, I remember the first time I ever had a drink. I was four years old and my mom was drinking a rum and coke and something just drew me to it and I had to have a sip and I, yeah, yeah, you know what drew you to, it was fucking soda, you schmuck. It was liquid in a glass and you were thirsty and you didn't know what the fuck rum was, you didn't know what the fuck alcohol was. You didn't know what the fuck uh, yearning for that was. You were thirsty and you wanted a drink of something and maybe you tasted soda before and you remembered it and you knew what it looked like and you wanted a soda. Shut up. I can't stand people that that that, 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 that try to then become they, they become defined by the addiction. It's who they are 110% and you know oh, my God, it was the tragedy, and I just, oh, it was so terrible, and my life, and I know you have problems, but I have problems. I I really don't like people like that at all. And I think, unfortunately, that to me is the downside of AA, is is are the people like that that are in there. Um, Again, though, look, you got a problem. It gets you on your feet. It keeps you from drinking that gallon of vodka on the living room floor. Good. Better off. You're better off. You're better off uh, sitting in a room with someone who's self indulging themselves uh, and telling a, a an overly dramatic horseshit story than you are drinking vodka on your living room living room floor. You're better off being the person who is self indulging in the room than being the person on the on the ground with the vodka. You know, I, I'm not. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm not trying to focus on the negative here, which is all I ever fucking do. Um, but you know what I mean. Like it's, it's. Uh, I I understand the pros f- can far outweigh the cons. However, speaking of cons, uh, I, I also don't agree with the concept. Uh, and actually, I learned this from reading Alan Carr's book, The Easy Way to Quit Drinking. Uh, Alan Carr is, is a big, uh, uh, he's very dismissive of the concept that you're powerless to the substance itself. Um, that basically no one is powerless to a substance that you've been sold a lie, uh, and been told that this substance will, you will benefit from it in these ways. And that lie is what leads you to believing that this this that you need this thing and then therefore you believe that it can control you and, and yada yada yada. I'm paraphrasing, but I think that's the basic gist of it. Um, well, look, I don't think that all people aren't powerless. I do think that there are people that that have a sip of it and, and they're they're off the train tracks immediately. Yeah, absolutely, people like that exist. Um, but that being said, I, I, I again I don't believe in the blanket concept of being powerless to the substance. I, I just don't. I just don't. I think very very few people truly truly are. Uh, you know, another thing I've said in my act is like, you know, I think true addiction to the, the true addicts out there that are truly addicted to to uh, uh, booze or drugs. I think those addicts are really as rare as, like, a person that eats so many quarter pounders that he has to get, like, chainsawed out of his house because he's too fat and airlifted from his bed. I think it's that rare. I really do. I really do. I think few people indulge in the substance to the point where they have absolutely no control over it. Absolutely none. Uh... What that percentage is, I don't know statistically, you know, because God forbid I read a, a fact. Well, that's not even there, – there would be no stati- statistical evidence to, to support what I'm saying. It's a theory. It's a theory. I don't believe uh, that it, 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 there's as high a group of alcoholics in this country as people that think they are. And I do think that part of that is this concept that, that sort of bleeds out from AA that – that, that we are powerless to the substance itself. I don't agree with that. I also don't agree, though, 100% with Alan Carr's theory that you are that you don't need it. And this is where this all gets tricky. Okay? Now, f- first of all, the reason I don't believe that the alcohol numbers are as high as they sh- sh- claim to be or whatever, uh, or seem to be in this country, is because if, if alcoholism was that out of control rampantly, then... To me, why would there be a bar on every corner, or on every city block, in every direction, in every town? You know, it's there's bars everywhere. And I know you could make the argument of, well, that's why there are bars everywhere, because everybody's an alcoholic. It's not. It's not. Okay? If, if people were destroying their lives the, to the extent that, that they say they are out there, you know, it's sort of just kind of out there in the, in the ether that the, so many are destroying their lives... Yet there's bars everywhere, and this is accessible everywhere. Booze. It's accessible everywhere. Liquor stores, 7-Elevens, delis, uh, everywhere you can get this stuff. I feel like this country would be in shambles. Uh, You know, like, I feel like there would just... And we are in shambles, but you know what I mean. Like, I feel like there'd be people, just everybody just lying in the streets and sleeping on the ground and just... It would be a fucking mess. It would be chaos. It would be Mad Max. And it's not. It's not. Why? Because I think alcoholics have much more control over this than they're sometimes led to believe. Now, that's the criticism of the AA side of it. The criticism to the Alan Carr side of it is nobody is powerless to this bullshit. I don't believe that. And... His whole concept is, you just don't need this stuff. You just don't need this stuff. Well, you know what? That's fine if I think that and you think that, Alan Carr. Okay? Everybody else doesn't think that. Everybody else hasn't read this book. Everybody else hasn't taken uh, your, your, your clinic or whatever. So what are you supposed to do? Be the one guy out there going, I don't need this? And then you go... Yeah, I don't need it because alcohol just makes an, uh, a boring time uh, 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 seem fun, and it's not really fun, and, 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 man, I'm sober now, so I can see that. Okay, great, so now everybody else is having dumb fun, and now I'm not a part of that. Okay, great, now what do I do? Now where do I go? That's the part they never really explain, you know? They never really explain that part. Okay, well, now once I'm out, now what do I do? My, I will tip my hat to AA for doing that much. I, re, I really do. Well, I, I shouldn't say it like that, for doing that much. I know they do more than that, but AA at least provides events and functions and things. You know, There are these other self-help books and these substance avoidance books that say things like, you don't need it, you don't need it, you don't need it, and they charge you all up. It's like, okay, great, I don't need it. Uh, oh, uh, everybody else needs it. Everybody else needs it. Now what do I do? And I'm speaking personally here, but I've tried to hang out in bars when I'm not drinking. And it's like, you know, you got to, I don't know. I got about a hot 45 minutes in me before I'm like, okay, I think I'm done now. I, I, you know, and then it's like, okay, go home. And this, once again, this is where I'm saying it's a lot fucking easier if you're married or have kids or have something, to take you away from it because otherwise then you're just going and sitting alone and look you can have hobbies but for christ's sakes it becomes like easy money after a while you ever see easy money with rodney dangerfield it's like you know he's like trying to build the model airplane in the one part and his hand is shaking and he can't he can't even like focus he's going crazy because he's got to be sober to win this money, and everybody around him is just fucking throwing booze back and eating tacos and shit. It's brutal. It's fucking brutal. I'm not saying sobriety is a bad thing. I'm saying it could be a good thing, but it's hard, man. It's not easy. It is not easy to do, especially when you don't have other people around you to help you do it. And I don't mean help you, like, help you through the steps. I just mean to, to help distract you because that, to me, is really what it's all about. That's why so many of us drink. That's why so many of us do drugs. That's why so many of us eat junk food. That's why so many of us, uh, 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 have, quite frankly, have kids. Distraction. Distraction. You know, this world is fucking brutal. This life can be fucking brutal. The more you realize that, the clearer your perspective is on that, the harder it is to, to swallow that pill, the harder it is to just not suffer from the anxiety or, or the nerves or the turmoil. When you start to really understand as you get older how rough of a ride this can be uh, and how dirty this game can really be played because it really can be played dirty. When you start to realize all that, it's really, really, really hard to stay sane without distracting yourself somehow. And that's why I brought up the point earlier about how a lot of sober people I know are in relationships or, or are potheads, you know, and they'll go, man, I don't need booze. And da, 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 da. It's like, yeah, dude, but you're taking yourself out of it with pot still. Okay? Now, me, I don't like pot that much anymore. I used to love it. I don't like it, at least currently, I don't like it. Because it makes me too f- weird and buggy and paranoid. And I get in my head. All right? But, hey, if I did like it, yeah, fuck booze. I wouldn't need it. I'll just go smoke pot and tune out that way. If I had kids, yeah, I wouldn't need booze. I'll just tune out that way all I'll do is think about like where I got to bring my kids and what I'm going to do with them next. If I was married, I just focus on my wife. You know, if my job demanded too much of me, I'd just be a workaholic, you know, but it's like, not everybody has that advantage. You know, a lot of people just work their 40 or 50 hours a week and then they go home and they're like, okay, now what do I do? Doug Stanhope has that great bit on his new special about this, about, uh, uh, on beer beer hall putsch, I think it's called. I believe, um, about how people that don't drink have to wait for real fun to happen, like actual fun to happen. And it's just like, yeah, I just make the fun happen by getting drunk. And it's like, it's such a. If you haven't seen that special yet, watch it. It's so that the bit is so fucking true and so funny. And I felt like that. It's funny when I first saw that bit. I was. I was taking a few months off from drinking, but I was also writing for the Pete Holmes show at the time, and we were working like 50, 60 hour weeks, and I was like hinting Friday night and being like, okay, I'm ready to have fun, and then just sitting and waiting for fun to happen. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I got to hit fast forward. I got to have a couple whiskeys and hit fast forward and get into this fucking thing, you know? So, look... At the end of the day, is sobriety a good thing? Of course it's a good thing. Of course it can be a very, very constructive thing for people. Is it the thing that you have to do? No. Some people, sure. Most people, probably not. That's my opinion. I don't know. I want to hear what your opinions are. Let's go to the phones. This is where we go to Twitter which is the phones, and we, we hear questions, or I read questions. You know what I mean. Okay, here we go. Um, let's see where these damn things start, guys. Let's see where these damn things start. I'm scrolling down. Now, I tweeted out, uh, send your questions and thoughts about sobriety. So we've got actually some... for the. F- we usually just get questions. Now we have some actual... Uh, uh, Just like straight thoughts Which I like very much Uh, Which we don't usually get um, So I'm excited about that Okay, here we go Uh, First uh, Direct thought comes from my friend Dave Anthony Very funny comedian He just wrote, I like beer I know, Dave Me too Which is why it pains me that I Might be saying goodbye to it Uh, follow Dave at Dave Anthony. Uh, he's very, very funny. Uh, this is from at, uh, Zach Fitzsimmons at Zach Fitzsimmons. That's spelled Z-A-C-F-I-T-Z-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. What is sober? Well, you know, uh, I think there's two answers to this. Number one, if you're asking that like in the joke way to be funny, like sober, what are you talking about? (laughs) Ha ha I get the joke. Um, But if you're asking, like, what is the definition of sobriety, like, you know, I think that's... uh, Obviously, we know the real definition, which is you don't fucking drink or do drugs. But, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I... I think that definition needs to be loosened up a bit. You know, I met somebody recently who said, uh, she goes, I don't drink. And I said, okay, cool. And then she had a glass of wine and I said, well, you're having a glass of wine. She goes, yeah, I have a glass of wine sometimes. I don't drink. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And yes, to me, that's sober. To me, that's sober. That's an alcohol intake where you're like, no, I'm just enjoying a glass of wine. I'm not getting shit-faced right now. Again, treating it at different levels. Treating it at different levels. Not everybody needs to wipe it clean forever, constantly, all the time for the rest of their lives. That's all I'm saying. Different treatments for different diseases. Uh, this is from my friend Brian McCarthy, who I talk about in my act when I talk about sobriety. I have a bit about it, and uh, Brian has talked about. Uh, I follow Brian at Brian P. McCarthy. That's two C's in McCarthy. Uh, and it ends with a Y, not an E Y. Ice cold bucket of Coronas, six for ten bucks. Well, not really a thought, Brian. Just some sort of a fact of a place you walked by. <laughs> uh, here comes one of my favorites uh, that I've seen on the on the feed today. This is from Drew. I have no idea how to say his last name. At D R E W P A B H S K Y. Thoughts on sobriety. It sucks. <laughs> Yeah, bites. I agree. Fucking hate it. Fucking hate it. I'm not even definitely having to do it yet. and I, I already fucking hate it. Uh, this comes from just, at Justin underscore G underscore little. I think sobriety was an old, old wooden ship that sailed in the Civil War. Area. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. That's a Anchorman reference. Remember that it was an old, I believe it's an old wooden ship. I forget what the word he says in the movie is though. Is it sobriety? That's not the word he says in the movie. I can't remember. That's really funny though. All right. Uh, this is from at rich Santa Cruz, R I C H S A N T A C R U Z. How much sobriety you got now? Uh, well, uh, we kind of talked about it. I'm, I'm in the stage of Cutting back potentially, if to to what extreme I don't know. I have to talk to this nutritionist first, and we'll see. I will say this: if I haven't made it clear, if I don't have to cut back, I will not. If I do, I will. My health is my biggest concern, uh, and this is not. We're not at like stage of alarm here. It's just a matter of if my nutritionist says to me, you can't drink. If you have fat in your liver, you just can't drink ever. Then then I just won't. And I'll be pissy about it, and I'll figure out a way to deal with it, and I'll, I'll get a few more hobbies, I guess. Um, and look, I also realized what I was saying earlier, like, Oh, man, it's a lot easier if you're distracted by a relationship or something. Like, hey, of course there's a part of me that realizes, like, oh, well, maybe this is how you get into a relationship. You become sober, and then you're in a different frame of mind to meet the right. Sure. Sure, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Rich has a second part of the question. I've been sober for a while now, kept busy at work, driver, and now I'm studying percussion music. Yes, well, right there, kept busy at work, and he's saying in parentheses he's a driver. I'm assuming. Look, every driver I've ever met, if you're if you're saying you're a driver, like you drive like a black car for pick people up and taking places, limo driver kind of thing, yeah, you probably work a shitload of long hours. That's a very long, long, long time to work. You know, those are long shifts, um, and that helps. That helps. You know, anybody trying to get sober while living on a trust fund, I feel for you. I don't know how the fuck anybody's able to do that. There are not enough hobbies in a day. There are not enough hobbies in a day to take the time up. Uh, This is from my friend Ken Hanley from uh, Fangoria Magazine. You can follow Ken at at movie guy, I guess. Who in their right mind would drink non-alcoholic beer? It's like snorting non-cocaine cocaine. Yes, that's a good point. I'll tell you, though, Ken, who drinks that, people that just like the flavor of beer. When I was 12 years old, I used to drink non-alcoholic beer because they had it at the pizzeria in my neighborhood, and the guy would let me buy it because it didn't have alcohol in it. And um, I just loved the taste of beer. Now I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, beer doesn't really taste that good to me anymore, and I I drink it, but I only drink it so I can have I drink beer now to to, uh, space out shots. That's literally the only reason I drink beer for, I'm like, I'm like, all I want to do is shoot whiskey, uh, and I'll do it way too quickly. So I need to space it out with beer. Um, it's probably not good. I beer to me is like, it's like how you add how like your mom, you know, would add rice to a dish. She's like, we don't have enough meat for the whole family. So we'll add some hamburger helper, or some rice, and that bulks up the dish, and you fill up a little more on the rice, and then you don't need as much steak or whatever. <laughs> I use beer the way a broke family uses hamburger helper. All right, this is from at, Nick Mur- or excuse me, at this Nick Murphy, and it's N-I-C-K. Uh, do you ever perform high or drunk? He's got three questions here. The first is, do you ever perform higher or drunk? No, uh, I don't. Uh, i performed high once it was fucking horrible i bombed and i was so high and paranoid that i swear to god i thought the audience knew i was high and they were fucking with me and not laughing on purpose together crazy crazy thoughts never ever high uh drunk i have very very rarely and i i don't do it i don't like doing it uh it makes me sloppy um I'm already a pretty clumsy, sort of mushmouth kind of guy. I couldn't say the word particularly earlier. Just had a hard time saying it again. So booze doesn't sharpen that up at all. Uh, so I, I don't care for it. The only time I liked performing drunk was once in a while. I'd end up in a scenario where I was in like a you know like a VFW or something, and everybody was shit faced, and then you get drunk, and then it's it's less of a show and more like a weird group experience and it's really wild and off the rails and that's that's kind of fun what differences does it make that's the second question i already answered that good idea or bad idea look for me it was a bad idea for some people it's i guess a good idea you know some people can't uh i don't know i i hate to say yeah it's a good idea to do that but you know let's be honest we've seen performers that are better when they're fucked up um and, and then they suddenly are sober, and you're like, okay, this, this sucks. Please, you know, even if it's going to kill you for the sake of the 12 bucks I spent on this ticket, can you please drink something or snort something? Um, this is from Conway, uh, what's the, Mr. France, Mr. Fanciest Pants, I'm sorry, at Mr. Fanciest Pants, will you be my designated driver? No. I will not. This is from uh, John Robert Fleming. This is you can follow him at John R Fleming. Do you think, or do you sometimes feel you drink out of boredom? Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about, or have been talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot of the time it's completely out of boredom. It's completely out of just being like I, I'm just I want to go out. I don't want to sit home. I want to socialize. Now I'm in a bar. I'm socializing, but everybody's drinking. Okay, I'll, I'll drink so we can all hang out together. Um, Another from at this, Nick Murphy. If someone avoids one substance entirely but partakes in another, i.e. doesn't drink but smokes, can they be considered sober? Uh, You know, again, with the levels of sobriety thing kept in mind, I I would say no or yes. (laughs) Uh, But I don't want to beat a dead horse because, uh, you know, we've talked about that. And by the way, when I say that in response to a question, it's nobody's fault. Nobody can hear what I'm saying right now. You're just sending blind questions. So I hope nobody ever feels like I'm being like, well, we covered this. I'm not. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We only have time for one or two more here. Um, uh, uh, Josh Zeno at at Planey. which is P-L-A-I-N-Y-Z-A-I-N-L-Y. Will you be my sponsor? Yes. But not in AA. Or for alcohol, like for all other things. Uh, This is from at Leon Blonda. L-E-O-N-B-L-A-N-D-A. Can I fake it till I make it? For how long? I don't understand that question. Is fake it till till I make it? Like a, is that like one of those AA things? Is that one of those like if you work it, it works it. So keep working it, and you work it, and you work on the work it. I don't know. Sorry, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, here we go. Uh, this okay. is from UG at UG Brett McCabe, big supporter of the show. Thank you. We appreciate all of you supporting us. This is from at UGHBRETT. Are the 20-something-year-old comics who quit drinking really better than us Bukowski types? They're certainly not as fun. Um, Well, I have two things. I'm certainly not a Bukowski type. Um, That guy drank in a way that, like, frightened. He drank like Kerouac. It, like, scares me. Like and and he was also an asshole. Like he, he like like whether you like his writing or not, he was the douchebag of a guy. And like he was just a fucking asshole, drunk. Um, so I don't put myself in that category, but I also do hate the twenty-some-year-old comics that quit drinking. I can't. It's so. It's just. Uh, only because, and it's not even a drinking thing. That's just a thing of like, for Christ's sakes, you're in your twenties. Will you have some? fucking crazy fun we live a little bit everybody's so goddamn safe it's just so dumb Ah, oh, god and then i hate when i say that because then i sound like i'm being like i b i'm a bad a-. i'm not saying that just fucking have some fun for christ's sakes all right uh let's take all right let's take one or two more this is from M I T C H E S M number seven Uh, I am a recovering alcoholic struggling with relapse. What do you think about people who can't grasp grasp sobriety but want it? Honestly, I can't speak to that, Sean, uh, and I would be irresponsible to try to speak to that. Um, Honestly, I would be. I think you need to, to, to... get into the program and, and if you're not already in it and talk to a sponsor or get a sponsor or the very least find a friend who's in a position like you and talk to them, um, or call a hotline and speak to, to, to somebody, uh, about that. Uh, I don't have the experience to speak to it. Um, but you know, it's your personal story and your personal journey are yours. Um, and, I don't know what they are, so I don't know how extreme it was. I don't know how dangerous things might have gotten. But, you know, please, if that's how you feel, talk to somebody. Get some help. Get some perspective on it from somebody who is sober. And I think that's really uh, the note we should end it on because despite my opinions and despite the way I feel about it and despite the way anybody feels about it, at the end of the day, if you feel that your life is in a bad place because of a substance, whether it's alcohol or weed or cocaine or heroin or whatever, you should talk to somebody about it and try to get your life into a good place because you should be happy. That's the most important thing. You should be happy. And if happiness to you, true happiness, is coming from a few drinks or some, you know, some drug abuse or whatever and that's what you're enjoying, and you're truly having a good time, and that's truly who you are, hey, man, I'm not going to criticize you for that. That's your business. And if you're truly happy not doing those things, I'm not going to criticize you for that either. That's your business, okay? But figure out who you truly are and what truly is good for your life and do that thing. And do it until... It har- it, you know. unless it starts harming you and harming those around you. And then it's time to reflect and, and, and reassess and realign and, and start over again. Thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate you being here, uh, at least in the sense of somebody listening to a podcast is concerned. Uh, again, JoeDeRosaComedy.com for all things related to my comedy and stuff. Uh, upcoming dates are found there, uh, and that's where you can hear this podcast as well. Uh, I will be at he, uh, the uh, Toronto leg of Just for Laughs uh, in September. Uh, check my site or the JFL website for details and specifics. Uh, I will uh, be at Helium in, in Philadelphia in October. Check my website or their website for specifics, and I'll be at the uh, in the Lizard Lounge of the... Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, 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 in Lancaster um, at the uh, Chameleon uh, Club uh, th- also in October check my website or their website for specifics if you're listening to the podcast thank you, uh, please subscribe please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, we really appreciate it and uh, thanks for being down we'll catch you next time